0: Well, we're continuing in our series about growing in sonship. And if you've been here, you've we've been talking a whole lot about a lot of different aspects. We've been talking through the prodigal son story. I mean last uh, two weeks, we dealt with father, healing father wounds. Last Sunday was an amazing time of healing and blessing. Yes. Yes. I mean, it was really power I, I, powerful. I was... I was surprised at how emotional the ministry was for me. And, and I, was, I was so blessed for how emotional it was for some of you. And for those of you who maybe didn't get a Father's blessing, and there's still time. You know, if you want to receive that from Eric and I, any time is the right time. And there's nothing super spiritual about us other than we are the elders in this house that God has put in. We are fathers in this house. There is an anointing that's on us. But you can get a Father's blessing from anybody who will bless you in that way. You know, for, for those of you who did come forward last Sunday and received a Father's blessing from us, I, you know, I could feel a, a deeper bond and connection in the Spirit as we laid hands on you, as as we blessed you. And and I can see God is doing something deep in our hearts here as a family. Um, Last Sunday was not the end, it's just the beginning of more, more love, more power being demonstrated through the revelation of the Father's heart. And like I said, if you missed out last week and you still want a Father's blessing, please see me or Eric or both of us. And we would love to lay hands on you and bless you. And I know this is a, a really tough season for some of you you are going through. There's some real hard things that you're experiencing as an individual or as a family. Now is the time to really push into the Father, to experience His unconditional love, To not pull away from your family, not pull away from Him, but to press in for what He has. Do not be afraid. God is with us. Amen? Amen. Well, today um, I want to address another set of issues that we need healing from. Today I want to talk about healing from mother issues. You know, we've been learning that father issues can run very deep in our lives, but some of the deepest issues often come from our mothers. And you know, our mothers, they have an equally important Role in our lives just like our dads and even though we are focusing the bulk of this series on father god we need to spend a moment talking about mothers and how god provides us with the love of a mother as well and again, just as a reminder, I'm using some resources to help me in this message by Jack Frost. just want you to know that not all great ideas are all mine. I'm a great regurgitator and synthesizer. Let's read the word, though. In Genesis chapter 1. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God made man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. First John 1.3.1, 1 First John 3.9. It says, no one born of God makes a practice of sinning. For God's seed abides in him. And he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. Now, that word seed right there, it is a Greek word. It is the Greek word sperma. And in Christ... God has placed his DNA inside of us. His genetic code has been imprinted onto ours. You and I, we are created in the image of God. We are created in the image of love. In fact, you and I, when we let all of the walls that we've built come down we actually cannot help but conform ourselves to the father's attributes our ability and our, our ability to receive and to give love is actually one of the truest tests of the depth of our relationship with god Because you and I, we were created for God's love. We were created in his image, in his love. And because of that, love is totally essential to us as human beings. We keep talking about love, love, love. Nothing should come more natural for us than our ability to receive love and to express it to others. Yet somewhere in our life we begin to harden our hearts to the reality of the purpose behind our creation and we spend much of our life trying to then find love. The very thing that we've hardened ourselves against. If giving and receiving love does not come natural for us, it's probably because something has become defiled. Something has got twisted within us. And it was probably something that started in our childhood. So let's talk th- about that for a moment. Let's let's look for some answers there. Let's talk about mothers. Mothers are our first contact to love, to bonding, and to relationship. During the nine months that is spent in the womb and throughout the first two years of life, the mother figure is the most important figure in a child's life. Mothers strongly influence their child by the way she nurtures and expresses affectionate love to her child. Bonding with dad actually doesn't start taking place until about year two or three. However, the bonding with the mother, if that doesn't, take place properly, then it often actually hinders the bonding that the dad will be able to do with their child as well. This is how powerful moms are. Psalm 22, verses 9 says, Yet you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust you at my mother's breasts. On you I was cast from my birth, and from my mother's womb you have been my God. When it comes to the issue of trust, we either learn to trust and have a safe place upon our mother's breasts, or if that place is not offered to us, then what happens is we can develop a lack of trust. And that lack of trust actually seeps into all of our other relationships. And it, again, it's within the first two years of life that our mothers actually influence our ability to bond. As well as the way that we end up feeling about ourselves in life as a whole and, and ultimately the way we see God. You know, we all realize that no one had a perfect mother. They don't exist. And and the fact is is that most mothers love their children. But no mother is able to love perfectly. But many people get hindered in their ability to have a healthy, loving relationship because they did not have the right kind of love from their mother in their formative years. Again, remember, we've talked about what a need is. A need is something that when it's not met, you get sick but when that need is met, you get well, and growth and maturity begins to happen. There was a, I was reading a, a one time, probably a couple years ago, a, a Christian psycholo- or psychiatrist, and he said that depression, which is really just repressed anger, usually itself, can be rooted in a person by the age of two years old. That's how important our moms are. So we've got to develop a foundation. The foundational need for growth and maturity has to be laid in our life. Early. Now, the Greeks have a word for, another word for love. They have a lot of words for love, but one of the words they use is this word storge. That's how you pronounce that. And the Greeks use the word storge to describe the love that lays a healthy foundation for growth and maturity. It means strong, natural affection. And it's also the word that describes family love, familial love. And it is Storgay love that speaks of a love that is nurturing, it's empathetic, it has compassion, it's gentle, it's affectionate, and it's very tender. And when we look at moms and we think about storge, moms do storge very well. It's part of what they do. And there's really three main ways, and it's not just three, but I'm gonna talk about at least three, three main ways that storge gets demonstrated primarily by our mom. And the first one is affectionate touch. We were created for affection that is expressed and demonstrated. Expressed and demonstrated. Doctors have actually scientifically proven that without a regular daily dose of affection and touch, the body and the emotions start to become unhealthy. And, and I even read a, a really another tragic story about the Holocaust. And the Nazis did a, did all kinds of brutal, inhumane tests on humans. And one, one um, test that they thought they wanted to try out is they would take newborns from their mothers and they had... Half of the newborns they they put in one group and the other half in another. And in the the first half, the nurses who took care of them were told, only change their diaper, only feed them. Do not speak to them. Do not touch them more than what is necessary. But make sure their basic physical needs are met. And then the others, they were able to hold them, talk to them. The first set of babies died within a year. We need touch from our mom. Touching someone says to them, You are important to me. You belong to me. You have value to me. Babies need and expect affectionate touch and love. And if they don't get it, and something happens or their heart gets wounded, I struggle with bonding. And then it is at that point, when they don't receive that kind of affectionate touch, that something happens in them to begin to close themselves up to bonding and to intimacy. So number one, affectionate touch. Number two, the way that moms provide storge love is through eye contact. Now, we've all heard the phrase, the eyes are the windows of the soul, right? Luke eleven thirty four 34 says, your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it is bad, your body is full of darkness. So it's through eye contact. Eye contact is actually a primary way that love gets communicated to a child. If you ever hold a baby, they just love to just look at you. It's not until they become teenagers that they refuse to look you in the face, (laughs) or when they're in trouble, like "Look at me, look at me." It's through eye contact that that communicates love to a child. Babies and children, they actually they drink in love that flows to them from eye contact with their parents. And if children don't see things like understanding or they don't get loving looks through the eyes of their parents, it can leave a wound that remains unhealed through all of life if they don't get it taken care of. Many times it results in that child feeling awkward, insecure, and separate, even out of place in a lot of their relationships. And so eye contact is a powerful way that mothers communicate storge love. And then the third way is tone of voice. Everyone say that one. Tone, tone of voice. voice. Babies learn to bond and trust when their parents look them in the eye and speak to them with loving words in a gentle, tender, and kind voice. And it continues all through the formative years in that child's life. Loving tones nurture the soul and they help the child feel acceptance and value so that they can uh, live completely free from the fear of rejection and failure. So, So how mothers talk to their babies and children, it affects them deeply in how they experience storge love. You know, when a mother discerns that her baby is in need, she picks him up. And when she does this, her tone of voice, her body language, and everything about her starts to change. Love, comfort, and tenderness begin to flow through her eyes and through the tone of voice that she uses to that child. And that baby has the ability to sense that mom is doing everything possible to meet his needs. And when mom is demonstrating storge love, the child develops a godly belief that they will be comforted and that others are, are capable of helping meet my needs. And when this this godly belief gets established, it then becomes a manifestation of love in their life in later years. They develop this faith that that says, I can be in relationship with other people. I can be safe in that relationship. I can expect to have a certain amount of my needs met. Now, I'm not talking about codependency, where I demand it of you. But we don't live as individuals in this world. We, that's not how God made us. We were made for community. We were made for marriage. And if that godly belief gets developed in the child in and early, early in life, they learn to, to have relationships and they, they meet the God who meets all of our needs. You know, babies learn to trust Life, relationships, and even God when they get held, when they're cuddled, when they're fed and nourished at their mother's breast. And without a mother's storge love, children may end up growing up with an inherent fear of intimacy, relationships, which usually causes a lot of problems for the rest of their life. And there are some real consequences to having the lack of a healthy foundation of storge love. You know, it's storge love that is foundational to a healthy eros love. The eros love is the Greek word for physical sexual love and attraction and when we do not receive healthy amounts of storge as a child we often find that eros goes haywire at puberty And this starts to show up in, in things like an unhealthy sex drive, an unhealthy compulsions, and addictions and uncontrollable fantasies. Many times a person will focus their unmet need for store gay love upon the object of their affection, whatever's you know, the flavor of the week or month in high school. Boyfriend, girlfriend, or even a fantasy love. If I can't get a real boyfriend, I'll I'll be in love with, you know, Justin Bieber. (laughs) Bon Jovi. That's when I was in high school. I mean, I wasn't in love with him. I'm just saying. I was more of a Lita, you know, Ford kind of guy. Look her up. She's a metal girl from the 80s. But when we don't have that healthy foundation of Storgia, Eros goes haywire at puberty. It gets crazy. And we start to need it to get fulfilled through a boyfriend or the thought of a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And then from there, it translates into an emotional dependency as the boyfriend or the girlfriend or even spouse now become the source of life and comfort to that person. They try to get their unhealed need for storge love met through eros. They try to get that, that need for nurturing and comfort and tenderness. They try to get that through eros sex, eros love. And it often results in things like pornography and masturbation addiction. But really, what they're searching for is really Intimacy. They're dying for intimacy, looking for nurturing. They're looking for this comfort that was lost in their childhood. And it leaves us looking for love in all the wrong places. And when we go looking for love in all the wrong places, sexual bondage, sexual sin begins to form and sexual sin can make us uncomfortable with ourselves. It can carry this unconscious shame, these feelings of uncleanness. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 starting in verse 16 it says or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one with her in body? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. See, if we are uncomfortable with ourselves, we are uncomfortable with others, we're uncomfortable with God. We may stop liking ourselves, and we even begin to believe that that we have no value apart from my sexual value. Until our until our need for storge love is met, we become very vulnerable to sexual temptation. Romans chapter one twenty five actually outlines this process of sexual sin very well. It says because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and they worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator who was forever blessed, amen. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy and murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, and ruthless. That is a disgusting list. All from a sexual sin problem. Let's read another one, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Timothy says, But I understand this, that in the last days, actually Paul says it, but I understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud and arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents. That's twice we've heard that one. Ungrateful. Unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, and not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power, avoid them. You know, an interesting thing about storge love is that when you have received it, All through your life, your love tank is actually pretty full. And when you have a full love tank, you're able to do things like walk in empathy. Have compassion with others. Seriously, go rent. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. That's the Mr. Rogers movie I watched. It is PG and it is amazing. Amazing to what it looks like when someone is fully present with other people. Who sees them not through the brokenness that they are, but through the, the creation of who they are. I don't know how that man was raised, but my God, if he if it wasn't he didn't have storge, God did the supernatural, he was created for something. And he loved children. And his mission with Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood was to help children navigate tough emotions. But when we don't have our need met for love, we don't have that story need met, our love tank's not full, and we start walking in lust. We start seeking to get our needs met at the expense of others rather than seeking to meet the needs of others. And this happens because we have a deep void that we can never satisfy. It actually leads to a cycle of woundedness and it, it can lead to feelings of despair a life that we feel is even too painful to live. But. When we receive the unconditional love of the father. That. Unconditional love. Say that. Unconditional love. Unconditional love. When we receive that. That thing. The unconditional love of the father. It has the power to change us more quickly than anything else you've ever experienced. Right. You. So we've got to get healing from this lack of storge love. Amen. <clears throat> you know, God's word and his loving nature have made provision for every need we have. In our spirit, and our soul, and our body. And we do not have to live life struggling with the hurt and the effects of not receiving healthy amounts of storge love in our youth. And so I'm going to share just a few principles that when we apply them, say that. Say, when I apply this. I apply this. When I apply this, I apply this, the process of restoration of and healing, and healing. Begin. begin. And underline in your brain when I apply this. Number one, we've got to realize that no human being can fully meet our need for store gay love. See, when we We must come to the place that we stop blaming our mothers and fathers. It's really difficult to teach someone how to love until they've experienced it. You know, everything God has created within you has naturally been created for intimate, loving relationships. But we cannot have healthy relationships with others until our need for love has been met in the Father. And so as we allow God to meet the deepest need that we have for love and nurturing, it becomes—it starts becoming more and more natural for us to do what our Father created us to do. <clears throat> and any guess what that's been? It's the big L word. Love To receive his love, to express his love to others. And until we allow the Father to begin to meet our need for storge love, our relationships will become unhealthy and they will consist of manipulation and control. Manipulation and control. So that's number one. Number two, we've got to realize that you were not a victim of the lack of nurture or storge love. Now, listen. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna read. We're gonna blow through a list of scriptures. If you think that you're gonna be interesting, you better snap them quick because we're gonna read them. You are not a victim of n- the lack of nurture or storge love. Just listen to these scriptures. Jeremiah 1.5, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. Jeremiah 31.3, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Psalm 27.10, For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Psalm 139, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. Then down at 17 and 18. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. Psalm 71, verse 6. Upon you I have leaned from before my birth and think about that you are he who took me from my mother's womb my praise is continually of you and psalm 22 verse 9 yet you are he who took me from the womb you made me trust you at my mother's breast on you i was cast from my youth from my birth and from my mother's womb you have been My God, even if you were physically or emotionally wounded as a child, please, I'm asking you, please do not take on a victim mentality and believe that this lie that you have never been loved. The truth, the truth. The moment is that the moment you felt rejection and hurt coming your way, God came to you and sought to meet that need for love. You have never been alone or without love. This is why we can, through emotional healing, we can go back to old memories and say, where were you when this was happening? Because he was already there. We just didn't know it. We weren't aware of it. We didn't know how to access it. God has constantly pursued you. He has constantly pursued me. He is constantly pursuing us with His love and His comfort. The question is did we choose to receive that love in the time that we needed it and it was coming, or did we harden our heart to it? We are not a victim. This God has been loving us since before He formed us in the womb of our mother. Number three. You've got to realize that Father God's mother heart wants to bond to you and meet your deepest needs for storge love. Isaiah 49 verse 15. Can a woman forget her nursing child? That she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. Isaiah 66, verse 11. That you may nurse and be satisfied from her consoling breast. That you may drink deeply with delight from her glorious abundance. For thus says the Lord, Behold, behold, I will extend peace to her like a river and the glory of the nations like an overflowing stream. And you shall nurse, you shall be carried upon her hip and bounced upon her knees as one whom his mother comforts. So I will comfort you and shall be comforted and you shall be comforted in Jerusalem. This is the Lord speaking. See, in God's nature, there is a mother's heart. He embodies embodies storge love that comforts us in tenderness of a mother. He gives us storge love that shows up in compassion, shows up in nurturing. I mean, think about it. How how can God have, have created woman in his own image if there's not some aspect of his nature and character that is feminine? I mean, again, let's do Genesis 127. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. See, God knew us. God has always known us. I just want you to close your eyes for a moment. I want you to think about this God who has loved you. God has known us before we were ever conceived in our mother's womb. There's never been a moment in time that He has not been reaching out to us. There's never been a moment that He wasn't desiring to draw us into His affectionate embrace. It was God who drew us forth from our mother's womb and has sustained us through life. It is Father God's mother heart And that mother heart is waiting for us with outstretched arms to pull us up on His bosom and to tenderly shower us with the affection and love for which we have so longed for. I just want you in your heart, just invite Him to come be that for you right now. Say, Papa, I need storge love. I need your tenderness and your nurturing. I need your comfort. Just let him be that right now. God may be saying something to you. He may be showing you something. Holy Spirit, Father, I pray for us. I pray for everyone in this room, God. asking you Lord to in your unconditional love to come to us again and again we're asking for a storge love healing to wash over our hearts God we need you Father to love us with a mother heart to heal the wounded places the broken places. So many of us, God, I can just see there's so many of us that feel like we're just little children, just shivering, scared, unsure, Abba, will you just wrap your arms around those people? They don't have a safe place or they don't feel a safe place. God, I'm asking you to reveal yourself to be a safe place for them. God, we need you to heal us. I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would just hover, be very near. Give us the power to heal and to forgive our moms. As we prepare for next week's service, God, to a work in our hearts this week. I'm asking you, God, to do a profound work. You are working in such powerful ways, Lord. We're not going to harden our hearts anymore. We're going to step into it. And I thank you for that, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So here's our action plan. This week. So, next Sunday, we are going to do another healing service just like we did last Sunday for the father wounds. We're going to do a healing service for mother issues. It'll be the same format. Karen Haler and my wife Michelle will be up front, doling out lots of love and mother's blessings for those who want it. Emotional healing team will be present. The prophetic team will be present. In your bulletin, I have put a, a prayer for you to work through this week. If you didn't get that, you can get one on your way out the door. But I encourage you to do preemptive work as I prayed, as I provided you with some prayers to work through. Please go through that with the Lord this week. And as normal, I've got questions for you to help kind of ask yourself and your family, your kids. I hope you sit at the dinner table and you're talking about these things. Ask the questions that you see up there. Do you feel like you had a place of love and nurture in your mother? And that could be hard to, scary question to ask your children, but it's okay. It needs to be asked. This is how healing starts. We don't need to wait till your teenagers are 30 before they figure this out. It's now. Were you able to identify any areas in your life where symptoms of the lack of storge love may have been present, such as inappropriate eros love? If so, what were they? And then last question. God has constantly pursued you with love and comfort. The question is, did you choose to receive his love in your time of need or did you harden your heart towards love? Please give examples. This is a time for reality. To confess. Bring it the darkness into the light so that it may be healed. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Let's close in prayer. And if you want more prayer and you need some impartation or something, the altar team will be up here briefly. Please come down to them and get some more prayer. God, we just thank you for the journey that we're on as a family. We thank you, God, that there is a healing movement a wave that's crashing down on us and it's beautiful God and so Lord I pray that the words that were spoken God the ones that were from the Holy Spirit would stay in our hearts this week That we would think about them and meditate upon them and talk about them with our children when we lie down at night and when we raise up in the morning God I'm asking that your words would resonate and stay with us this week as we pursue and push into healing, God. Father, I bless this family today. I thank you for them, God. I thank you that that love is being reborn, that you're setting us as a seal upon your heart, and we're setting you as a seal upon our hearts. We thank you for your jealous love that will not allow us to run. And so I pray, God, today that this, this word would touch our hearts and stay with us and bring great healing. We love you, God. We thank you for your mother's heart. We thank you, God, for storgay love. It's going to help us be a family, a family of affection, God. We thank you for that, God. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.